the Baal Shem Tev once related in a letter the story of his Neshama in her earlier Gilgul in a prior incarnation and it's in a letter written that Abgeshen Kitave is published in the Hatamim and now of course also when the Sefer told us about Baal And the, the story is that there was a Yid who lived in Tzfas if you do the math it's around the time of that he's out a sincere, pure, God-fearing man, simple but incredibly pious. He was always from the first people to come to the shul, always from the last people to leave the shul, very dedicated, very wholesome in Yiddishkeit, everything he did properly and completely and with his whole heart. But he was a pashtarid, a simple man. One day there's a knock on his door, he asks, who's at the door? So he hears from behind the door, Now if Eliyahu Navi came to my house, I'd, I'd bolt my front door and jump out the back window. <laughs> he believed him, he opened the door. Eliyahu Navi walked in. The whole room was filled with light. And Eliyahu Navi said to him, I am a messenger from the Bezden Shalmaila, from the heavenly court with a request and a proposal. On the day of your bar mitzvah, began Eliyahu Navi, you did something so extraordinary, so wonderful, that it is a secret from all of the heavens. Nobody knows that incredibly deep action that you had performed on the day of your bar mitzvah, except for the Creator Himself. And we're intrigued. We want to know. So I was sent to you with a proposal that you should tell us what that feat was and I will teach you all of the Torah, all the secrets of the Torah, Nigla, Nister, Sichas, the columns, Sichas, Oifes, all the mysteries. You'll know the language of the birds and the palm trees and everything. So this Pashat Yid says to Yohan, what I did in the day of my Bar Mitzvah, I did for God and for God alone. And I will not disclose what I did. If it means forfeiting this extraordinary opportunity to learn Torah with you, so be it. And Eliyahu Navi left. He came back to the heavens and of course there was even a bigger tumult. A person should turn down such an offer just for the purposes of tzniyas, of secrecy, of modesty. So Eliyahu Navi came back again, knocked on his door, he came in, the house was filled with light. And Eliyahu Navi says, after a second thought, the Bezdin Shalmah decided that I should teach you the whole Torah without having to disclose what you did in the day of Bar Mitzvah as a reward for your incredible sneers. And that's what happened. Eliyonavi came to him and he taught him Torah. And obviously if he taught him Torah, he also gave him the koiches to retain the Torah. And he became a gon, a tzaddik, and a mukubal. A giant of Torah, a giant of avoida, holy, connected to God. But he continued to live that simple life and did not at all disclose to anyone his level and his status and his connection and so forth. He lived, he died, and he came to heaven. And his entire life, not one person benefited from all of his uh, spiritual wealth. So like the previous Rebbe describes it, whenever the Neshama of a tzaddik passes away, there's a great Simchan high, all the Neshamas come from Ganadin to greet her, and they 
surround her and they bring her into the heavens with great joy and fanfare. So when this neshama came to the heavens, there was this huge celebration. All the neshamas, Moldei Cholos, came to greet this, this tzaddik nister of tzniyas. And they joyously marched him into the best and shalmail of the heavenly court with the full confidence that this person was going to go straight to Ganeid. And there was a uh, trial. But it wasn't much of a case. There was nothing bad to say about the man. There were no evil angels. Everybody had only nice things to say. And the Bethan Shalmaila, the, the supreme judge of the supreme court on high, picked up his metaphysical gavel and he pounded on the metaphysical table and he wanted to determine that this Nishamash was straight to Ganeidin. And then from underneath the door, a tiny little black malachal creeps in. Small but robust and vociferous and shouts, I have an objection. How could a person live in such piety, in such scholarship, in such holiness for so long and not impact one person? There was a hush in the best in Shalmila. The proverbial gavel was not dropped. <laughs> and there was a discourse. And the Bezdin Shalmila said that there is merit to the complaint of this little malachal. And after much discussion, it was decided that this neshama would have to come back down into this world to affect people. However, it wouldn't come into this world in the normal paths. Because the normal paths by which a neshama comes into this world involves risk. The neshama comes into this world, as the Gemara says, he forgets his origin and he can do good and he can do evil this neshama come into this world like a tzaddik on a mission and the mission would be to prepare the world for the coming of Mashiach by revealing a new based on the foundation of Avas Yisrael this was the Vashem neshama I share this story with you because the story has a very, very poignant message. And the poignant message is, the bottom line is, we got to influence the world. And this Nishama's incredible loftiness did not compensate for this deficiency, for the fact that it didn't have any influence on the world around herself. And it needed to come back, although in an unusually secure and holy form, but nevertheless had to be back in this world. I read in Hiroshima that in the early 1970s an Alter a European Jew came to the Rebbe Yechidus and he lamented you know, post-war Judaism American Judaism there's such ignorance, such materialism he came from Poland or from Hungary or from Lita and he was accustomed to a world that was all Yiddishkeit all Torah, all mitzvahs and now people are interested in Nanishkeit and he told the Rebbe that he doesn't like his life, he doesn't like his world, he doesn't like his environment. He just, it's just, he's not c- compatible with America. And the Rebbe told him these words. Which means, what do you think, says the Rebbe to this individual? I would not prefer to be in the time of Rabbi Yechonim ben Zakkai, when Taylor was rolling in the streets. 
But God Almighty has placed me in this time and I will do what needs to be done now and I will do it with joy. Because in the end, one of the issues that is central to the reason we exist is to affect the world. Not just to remain loyal to Hashem and attached to Hashem and grow in our own spirituality, but to um, affect the world. Tanya chapter 31. Tanya chapter 31 addresses the question of the, half, the cup being half full or the cup being half empty. Every human being, when they have no sin, just you know, neutral, in the physical world, has as much to celebrate as he has to lament. And you have a choice. You can lament, you can mourn the trap of materialism, the containment of the body, the distraction of the animal soul and say, woe is my soul. My soul is so burdened and distracted and crushed by all of the materialism and animalism and so forth. Or, argues Yalta you can celebrate the opportunity of redeeming the Nisham. And of course, in classic Hasidic form, as opposed to Musar form, the Yalta says, choose the positive path over the negative path. The, path. the cough is half full, not half empty. Take your nafshe be'ena l'smeich v'simchosa. Value your neshama so much to rejoice in its joy, in other words, in the opportunity of redeeming it from this world. Rejoice in her joy, rather than preoccupy yourself with the depression of the shameful body. Do not entangle and confuse the joy of the soul with the depression of the body. So, the Rebbe says, the cup is half full. Both are legitimate approaches. I can say my cup is half empty and be upset. I can say my cup is half full because of my opportunity and be rejoicing. So Al-Tadebe says in Yiddish, don't be a fool. Celebrate the Neshama and the opportunity we have, you have, I have to redeem the Neshama from Gufa Neshama, Bahamas, through Tshuva, Maisam Tevim, call Yama Bachuva and so forth, and be Vesemch. This is Tain chapter 31. But near the end of the chapter, the Al-Tadebe asks a question. Lomos Hashem Koch. It may be true that our neshama in this world is on a precipice, is on a threshold. Cup half full, cup half empty. And there is a proposal, there is a suggestion made. Focus on the half full rather than the half empty. But why put us in this place in the first place? What's wrong keeping us in Ganadin where the cup is all full? And the Alter Rebbe answers because there's another purpose. In addition to, you know, the Neshama coming into this world, the Neshama itself is perfect, but it will ascend to a higher level by celebrating its goodness. There's another purpose. Why is the Neshama in this world? to elevate the world what we call in Chabad culture classically elevate, refine so the cup is half full and half empty and we rejoice at the opportunity to focus on the half full and the celebration of the Neshama's freedom but in addition we also want to touch we want to impact we want to affect the world in the Maimah before us this need to affect the world and not just to be pure and perfect is emphasized. That's the centerpiece. That's the purpose of the Maimah. The term that the Maimah chooses as its 
form to articulate this message is ishabcha, to transform evil into good. Not to avoid the evil, not to have a relationship with the evil that is about curtailing, circumventing, staying away from, but engaging evil and transforming it. So let me just say this. In Hasidus, when you talk about engagement with evil, there's three basic concepts. I'm sure there are more, but I'm going to give you three. Number one, destroy evil. Number two, transform evil by revealing um, its good source, the good which is hidden within it. Number three, by revealing that the evil itself has good. Again, number one, by destroying the evil. Number one, by showing that the source of the evil is good. And number three, by showing that the evil itself has a hidden goodness within it. The second and third notions are called hamtakas hagavuras, sweetening the judgment, sweetening the evil. But there's a difference. One is called hamtakas hagavuras bechasadim, to sweeten the gavur or the ra with kindness, find something positive someplace else that illuminates and justifies the evil as we perceive it now. And the other is called hamtakas hagavuras b'shorshon, to sweeten the gavura and the evil by getting to the very heart, the very root of evil, that the evil itself has goodness. As it is evil, there's a goodness within it. If I am not wrong, and I say the word if because I am not sure, our maimed is going to address the middle of those three ideas. It's not going to discuss destroying evil. It won't discuss either the idea of showing the good of the evil itself, which is an idea discussed in other places in Hasidus. You can look it up in Hebsh Chaim Beis and Chayle Gimu. There's this discussion about Amtokas Agvuris Bachasadim, in order to story with Moshe Rabbeinu throwing the stick into the water to sweeten it. So there's different opinions what that stick was. Um, and ultimately, the highest opinion is that the stick was a negative thing that corrected a negative because. You can. It's not just. It's not I'm talking. It's like Sodom. It's talking about Shoshim. And I believe that my mother from the Friday can have a paytest and Tashim Vav, which discuss the same. But I'm not sure. Our Maimed is not going to talk about I'm talking about Shoshim. If I understand that correctly, it's going to talk about I'm talking about That even though something looks evil in this world, there is a kindness hidden behind it. And life is about is encountering an evil, not avoiding it. And finding the good within it, finding the kindness hidden behind the evil, is hapcha, and it's part of our mission. That's why we exist. And as the stories I shared with you, by way of introduction, demonstrate that that's what it's about. It's about engagement and ultimately transformation. Let us now begin the Maimir. Vayas, line one. This is the Maimir of the Nechash and Cheshis and Lukutatir. Vayas, Moshe Nechash Necheshis. Moshe Rabbeinu made a copper snake. Now God Almighty did not tell him to make a copper snake. God told him to make a snake, a serpent. And as Rashi says, Nochash and Nechoshes is Loshon Nefil Loshon. In Hebrew, it's the same letters. So Moshe chose to make the snake of copper. He put it on a high point, on a staff, that people should be able to see it. And it happened. If the serpent would bite a man, and I presume a woman, he would look up at this copper serpent and get his life back. We all know the story that the Jewish people spoke by David They spoke against God and against Moses, and the snakes were biting them and killing them. Makaraba, a lot of them died. 
So they put up the snake, and when you were bit by a snake, you'd look at the Zechash and Choshesh, and you would be cured. It says the Mishnah, we all know this Mishnah, it's not about the snake, it's about looking heavenward. With Jewish people look upward. And they subjugate their hearts to their Father in Heaven. They're cured. In other words, it's not the snake, it's the looking heavenward. The snake was a symbol, the snake was, so to speak, an arrow, but the purpose is to look to the heavens. So the Rebbe says, if that's the case, skip the snake. And the Rebbe asks two questions. Why have a snake which represents the on high? And you look towards that snake to be cured and healed. That would the snake would bite, a snake would bite you to look heavenward. You don't need to have a copper snake on a staff to affect it, if just look to the heavens, not sufficient. The eight, and then the second question: Ma Why look to the heavens? We know when it comes to prayer, you're supposed to look down. Your heart has to be the heavens, but you have to look down in submission. Why here were they looking up? Says the Rebbe, line six of The answer to this question requires nagdim lachke. Let's first preface. In research, analyze one of the most frequently asked questions in all the Kutatayra. Why the soul descends into this world? And of course, one answer is that the Neshama should go to a higher level. And the second answer is to elevate the world. And the Rebbe puts it, and the focus this mind is on the second point, and he uses the following form. The purpose of the Nishama in this world is to become attached to his maker in love and fear. And the time of this attachment, this is one David. Like Richard the Masmid used to say, Prayer, That the words of prayer have the greatest appeal to the human mind and the human heart, as opposed to, let's say, the words of Taita. They touch and rouse the heart, and they create a conscious emotional attachment between the person and Hashem. Continues the Rebbe, he says, all of us agree, that them say, before the Neshama came into this world, once it departs from this world, the connection, the love, between the Neshama and Hashem before and after is far greater. But Av of a Yiddis Alavan, if you which Pneumis, which are much deeper than is possible when the Neshama is in Aguf. Because all of us know from personal experience, Shaguf, Aina Manich, Alavad, the Savaya, the body prevents us from serving the Abish, it's a distraction. Moreover, Mach, Mach, because the body is crude and material. Yachri, Yachas, and Shomit compels the soul, Lihonas, Afmegufnias, not just to live in the physical world, but to enjoy it. And the Afghan Shama, though the Neshama by herself, Ainyar Eitzabazet, doesn't desire this. Kimakeir, Chutzba, since its source from which it was hewn, carved, it's it's a portion from God upon high. And therefore, it would far more prefer. To become attached to God Almighty, still the body is a trap. The cup is half empty. Why? Why is the neshama in a goof? 
it's better off before and after. Now, you need the Tzedek Aliyah. The Neshama is going to be better off after it departs from this world. Doesn't be doesn't do it justice because the Neshama was, in a, as they say, a pretty good space before. And therefore, there's the second answer. And that is to elevate the world. And the Zayah says, One who has not transformed the bitterness to the sweetness. Has no portion in this world um, whatsoever. Now in Tanya chapter Yud, Tanya chapter 10, the Altarebbe brings, if a person hasn't transformed, and so forth, he doesn't come into Ganeid and Elyon, he's not Bnei Aliyah. Here in the Zayah is saying, if you haven't transformed people to good, you have no business in Ghanaian and Bakhla. You're nothing. This is the entire purpose of man, as far as this Maimon is concerned, that man was created, not just to raise the soul above the body, but to do ishapcha, transform animal and body and material into goodness, into ruchnius, through davening. And now the Rebbe says, let us analyze prayer. And prayer has a history. And the argument that the Rebbe is going to propose is the history of prayer is a reflection of the history of Ishapcha. The more we need to elevate, the more we need to pray. In the first place, I stood and the members of the great assembly introduced Tfila, but it was Ketzada. It was short. And certainly all the business that they were busy with, Lehoya was nothing more than Ki in this same regard, regard, the transform bitterness into sweetness. So the question is in effect, why were their prayers so short if they had to transform evil into good and davening is the time to do it? Why in the time of the first base of Mikdash did they not daven at all? And the answer of course is, the more animal, the more passion, the more prayer to transform. In line 15, Ultimately, when you want to sweet, sweeten, judge, would you sweeten them in their source? Now when you say judgment's source, you have to be careful. One concept of judgment source is Gevura. Gevura lamata is rooted in Gevura lamailo. That's a higher idea. That's called Einad Dinam Takmel B'Shoshim. That's not the intent of this Maimer. In this Maimer, when it says Shoshan, it means their Shoshan Chesed. In the fancy language of Chesedis, Hamtakas Agvuras B'Shoshan, meaning to say, in the Shoshan Gevuras is Atmos. What says here, Hamtakas Agvuras B'Shoshan, which means Chesedim, means Giluyim. In other words, everything bad down here is good up there. Not that the source of bad is goodness. But everything bad down here is a good source. A good source means that up there it's a revealed good. As opposed to something different. And that's this Maimah, as I explained to you in my introduction. It's Hamtakas Agvuras Bachasadim. And the word Shadish means the Shadish of Gevura, which is Chesed, not which is Gevura. And he explains it very practically. When something down here is rotten, Lamaila it's good. Because Lamaila there's no evil. Everything is good on high. Everything is wonderful. As it comes out into this world, it's not so favorable. All evil and judgment. God forbid. That we know in our lives. Their root and source. Which they radiate to Taif. Is good. The famous analogy of the Zayn. And the prince that's brought in the Zayn. 
that the king has a prince who is destined to rule, to be the subsequent king. And the king understands that if his son is spoiled, he'll be a terrible ruler. So his son has to be principled, has to be strong, morally strong. So he hires a Zainah, one who behaves most inappropriately, and this person is paid to try and seduce the prince into sinning. The king hires somebody to corrupt his son. Why would he do something like that? Of course, the answer is, because if the son is not corrupted, he will be fortified, he will be strengthened by the experience. If the son is corrupted, it will be tragic. But from the perspective of the king, if the son is corruptible, so the son is corruptible whether or not he provides the corruption or his power will provide the corruption. So the hiring of the Zayna to get the prince to sin is with the specific intent that the son, the prince, should be stronger than these temptations and be strengthened by it to everybody's best interest. Now you go over to this prince and say, no, you like the fact that you're being tested? He says, I hate it. it it's a horror. It's a distraction. It's a disturbance. But it strengthens the person. Argues that Abba, every evil down here is kindness from on high. And its intent is to fortify us. You know, when I was growing up, I heard from one of my teachers, what won't break you will make you. So God is going to squeeze you as much as he possibly could. That's the way we are. Our lives are full of tests. And when we win a test, we become better because of it. This Zoyna only wishes and hopes that the prince should not listen to her. Although she's being paid to have this effect, she, she wants to fail. She tries to succeed and wants to fail because if she succeeds, the government is in trouble. If she fails, they have a great king. And ultimately, if she attempts to seduce the prince and fails... This will give her greater delight. And moreover, the king is going to favor her more. Even though she failed at her mission, but she truly succeeded because she created a very healthy prince. If on the other hand the prince is weak and succumbs to these temptations and tests, it's not what the king hopes to effect. And it's in nobody's best interest. And consequently, evil in our lives, tests in our lives, which are to us so frustrating, so challenging, and so overwhelming, their kindness is that God is hoping we'll pass those tests, and even when we do, we're better for it. I've told you the story before, a woman walks into the Rebbe, and she says, Rebbe, I have many problems. Says the Rebbe to her, you have no problems, only challenges. Uh, years ago, I had a student who was uh, a pained person. And I shared this commentary with him. You have no problems, only challenges. He was so excited by it, he made, he printed on the computer bumper stickers and papers and he hung it up all over. Wherever he went, he hung up signs. You have no problems, only challenges. What's the difference? A problem defeats you. A challenge is an opportunity. It strengthens you. And the Rebbe said, all evil in our lives is chesed in its source because the purpose is to strengthen us. The Satan who spoke Roshan Hara about Eve and Pnina, the Tsara, the co wife of Chana, who teased her about the fact she had no children, had both had good intentions. The Satan's good intention by speaking negatively about Eve was to protect Avraham Avinu and his children. And Pnina's negativity towards Chana was 
she hoped that if she'll tease Chana enough, Chana will daven, and for sure Hashem will give her a child because she was a tzaddikis, or whatever the other options are in the Gemara. So we're doing something bad with a good intention. But the Gemara says someplace else, the Satan focused in on the first base of Mikdash and destroyed it. Which proves what? He was jealous of the first base of Mikdash. So the Alter Rebbe says, make up your mind. The Satan is thinking about our best interest, or he hates us. The Satan is condemning Eve to protect Avraham, or he's trying to destroy the first base of Mikdash. And the answer is, the actual Satan down here hates us. His source loves us. The Satan, as he manifests in this world, wants to destroy us. The Satan Lamaila knows this is a test, which he hopes will pass, which will fortify us and strengthen us. And I want to share a little episode with you. There's a piece of paper. Ksav Yat Kotshev in the Friyadik Rebbe, handwritten manuscript of the previous set, who copied it from Hajishish Midabra Mizl. An old, old man from Dabra Mizl had this piece of paper. And this old man claimed to have copied it us by us from a document in Ksav Yad Kotshev of the Alter Rebbe, Alter Rebbe's original hand. So it's considered a very authentic document. It is printed now in, in, in Yagdal Torah. I think it's also printed in one of the versions of Shivchei Abal Shemtev. This page has some very radical stories. And one of them is that the Balshemtiv wanted the key to Mashiach. Or according to a different version, he wanted the key to Hasidus, which is synonymous with Mashiach. And he couldn't get it. And he was told from on high that the key to Mashiach, the key to Hasidus, is by the Samach Mem himself, by the source of all evil. So the Balshemtiv did what he had to do. And he brought the Samach Mem down into this world in the form of a large black dog which was raised up on its haunches and pounding against the glass of the Balshemtiv's room. And the Samach Mem told the Balshemtiv these words. Tipasrucha. <laughs> putrid point. I have only been on planet Earth twice. Everything else I do, I do through intermediates, through my shluchim, mishlachas malcheroyim. The two times I were on earth were either by the original sin of Edom, the tree of knowledge, good and evil, and the destruction of the first temple, or in a different version, the destruction of the first temple and the destruction of the second temple. And he says to the Baal Shem Tev, how dare you bring me here? How are you not afraid? And the Baal Shem Tev said his famous words, mishum dover. I fear nothing except God Himself, and the Samachim had to give him the key to Chasidus Chayal Bala Yakiyeno, and the dog died. I tell the story because this is what the Gemara says. This is the story that the Samachim Himself came into this world. So the question is: Does the Satan love us or hate us? The answer is: The Satan Lamaila loves us, and the tests are Chesed. The Satan down here hates us. The idea is as follows: the source of evil, of which it gets life, who type has to be good. describes it. Can a master, can a servant then rebel against his master? Servants want to serve their masters. And they are servants. The Satan is a servant, Penina is a servant, the Eitzharhara is a servant. Down here they hate us, and they're Shadish, they love us. What about the fact that Gamshi Yesh we find in reality children, Workers, servants, hamitpatsim, me'esadineim, who rebel against their masters. I'm sure that's true. Om nom, heim basavadam. 
There's the physical people. They're separate from their sources. A servant of God Almighty, an angel that's a servant of God. Whose very life depends upon him. And he gives life to all. How can something who consciously knows that his entire reality is dependent upon God Almighty be so rebellious, so um, out of alignment, out of the goodness of God Almighty? And the Zayir explains, It's the same allegory he had earlier of the Zayin and Ben Amalek who's hired to make the son sin and he hopes he fails. It's interesting that the Rebbe repeats these words, Zayin and Ben Amalek, maybe seven or eight times in this Maimon. It's, so to speak, the mantra of the Maimon. The test that we have, the darkness and evil we encounter, it's Shaydash's Chesed. The Zayin and the Shaydash of Chesed, in other words, the goodness behind the test is Hamachayas Kalaroi, is the life behind the only evil. Fishar Shalomah, the root on high, who tave is good. It is only that Tokushayedid Lamata when it descends down here. Al Darachai Shtalchalos, with the chain reaction of worlds, Nasab Emes Nagomer, it is in fact fully evil. Vedirim Gemurim and severe judgment. Hey, Bemil Diyama, Vehein Bil Dishmaya, both about material challenges, as of course, as well as spiritual challenge. So the Yetzahara, as we know him, hates us. The truth of the Yetzahara. Loves us, and our role is his hapcha, which means to say to reveal the goodness of the source of the Yetzirah in this world, not simply to destroy the Yetzirah, to avoid the Yetzirah, but to transform the Yetzirah. And he gives you examples. And I want to tell you a story before I read. I, I really don't know why I'm telling the story, but I want to tell you the story. When I was 21, I was in Yeshiva in California. And I participated in a very tragic levaya. A young woman, a very important person, died abruptly. We went from yeshiva to where the levaya was, and everybody was there, all of Anash. This is, this is 26 years ago, 25 years ago. In other words, the Lubavitch community was smaller. And it, it, it's beyond words. The pain was just stunning. What are you going to do? And they had, uh, everybody came to the shul, and there were a couple of speeches. I mean, Chabad is not into his paidim, but under the circumstances, people needed to be, people had to be kept from going off the edge. I mean, this was a tragedy. And after the few speeches in the tillim, we went outside and we accompanied the Arun to the car, to the airport. I, I think I went to the airport. Also, they flew on to New York, she's buried here. And I'll never forget this. We walked out of this shul. It was a parking lot, and there must have been several hundred people. And Rabbi Reitzig Zechein Lebracha, who was a chassid sheyid from a different time, he was not on the. He hadn't spoken inside. Turned and looked at the people, men and women. Everybody was shattered. And I can hear him say these words: "We believe Yomim Yitzuri v'Wayechad Behem." This is his accent. We believe, and I'm just going to tell you the context, God gives every person a fixed number of years. And when somebody dies prematurely, there's no mistakes. This was the intent, this was the plan. And has to show them to think that the Abish has lost control. This is the Abish's plan. And he had an incredible impression on me. I was a big boy, I was a know-it-all, 21 years old, I knew everything. 
Because this is good old Yiddish Emunah. When you have something which is completely uh, outside the pale of what is reasonable and expected, that is so shattering and so defeating, you know, you have to remember it's God's world. We believe, that we don't understand, but it's God's world. And this Maimed argues that hidden behind it is some kind of a good. to accept and to agree with God about these kind of judgments. But when God gives us these tests, Hamtakas, Hagvudas, Bisharshan means to see the kind opportunities that open up from these kinds of uh, tragedies. And let's read on. I, I hope this story doesn't offend you. It's a sensitive story, but I feel compelled to tell it. I don't even know why, but I, I just feel like I should tell you the story. And let's read it. forbid a person encounters suffrage. you have to think. What you are seeing is not the whole judgment. That it is evil because as the truth be told, you're experiencing a slap in the face. But in its source, it's good. And the good over here doesn't mean the good of the evil. There's a kindness. There's an opportunity behind this evil. From God Almighty does not come forth any evil. Only absolute good. It's beyond our perception at a particular point. It cannot descend into this world. remains on high. That goodness is so acute, it's so strong that it can't come down. So the goodness takes on an evil form. That's what we encounter. That's our challenge. And the Altar Rebbe says part of life is this hafcha is to transform that evil to good. Transform the problem into an opportunity like the Rebbe told that woman in Yechidus. V'zehu nikra michla dokik. It's called fine food. Fine food meaning to say in context a spiritual energy which is too refined to manifest into this world. Which is a vitality that comes directly from God Almighty. But it doesn't manifest. Line 28. And this means to love God with all your might. Everybody knows this. Love God Almighty with all your heart. What does all your heart mean? Two bases. With all of your soul. What does the mission say in Brachas? Even it takes your life. As the Gemara says about Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva said. So b'chol nafshecha means martyrdom. So it's b'chol meidecha. So we translate b'chol meidecha as, quote, with all your might. No one knows what that means, but mutual ignorance is the same as being informed. What do you mean with all your might? So the Mishnah in Barachas says two things, one stranger than the next. The first thing the Mishnah says in Barachas is b'chol meidecha, b'chol meidecha, with all of your money. So of course it's the old joke, money of your life, you know. Let me think about it for a while, you know. What does it mean, all your money? A person wants to kill you, take your money. How is it even a, a, a comparison? And in the language of the Pasuk, as though giving away your money is a greater sacrifice than giving away your life. The second translation of the Mishnah is, what's called in Sifri Musa, whether God does good for you or bad for you, it should all be the same. And Hasidus, of course, analyzes. 
What is Bechol Nafshech and Bechol Meidach? And essentially it says as follows. Bechol Avach means give God your heart. Bechol Nafshech means give God your body. Bechol Meidach means give God your world. Your soul, your body, and your material possessions. It's not only your wealth. It's also your wealth. In other words, loving Hashem Bechol Meidach means that the physical property that you are in possession of is also in the service of Hashem. And as a result, is actually more than you're not only giving your body and your soul, you're giving and in order to reach such a level where your Gashmis is also in the service of Hashem, you need to have this phenomena called Midas Ayishtavas that Tevin Nariko. So in Maimonah Hasidus, this is a classic interpretation that means with all of your wealth, you have it in the Sikha of in Yonah Shotel Sechasidis, he calls it Dal Amal Shal Adam Kainesli, that your, your environment is also yours. Here he says a slightly different Pshat, that Bechol Mo'aitcha means even with your evil. Bechol Mo'aitcha means even with your suffrage. Love Hashem and your pain as well. Gemaimed, I'm reading on that line 28, as we all know, it says in the Medish. It says in the Pasuk, God saw that it was good on the first day, on the second day, on the first day, on the third day, the fourth, the fifth day. On the sixth day, it says, Very good. So there's a really odd medrash. Taiv, the Malach HaChaim. Taiv, good means the Malach of life. Ma'id, very good, the Malach Now, since when is the Malach very good? And of course, the answer is, very good means when the Malach is transformed into good. Shutayv ma'ayd is an infinite good without any measure and any limitation. At the moment he's evil. When we transform the angel of death, when we transform our challenges and evils into opportunities, we see that they're an incredible kindness. V'zehu, as the Pasuk says, Yaser Yisranika, torture, suffrage, comes from the first two letters of the divine name, Yudke Vavke, Yudke. Look in Tanya chapter 26. Shubayit Chalas Hashem is the earlier letters of the divine name, which is of course Tchilas His Galus, a godliness that has yet to be revealed. Shadayim Leibala De Gilu has not yet fully been revealed. Ve'ene Musik it's not available. Shadayim Lenezgala Hakel you don't see how it's good, so we experience in this world as evil, as suffrage, as I can't take it, I don't like it, I don't want it. And the kavan is his hapch, not to avoid it, but when the Ebrish Tebchatasham we should seek it. The way we have to look at the challenges that hidden behind that challenge is the goodness. And the Rebbe continues and he says, And that's actually the level of Nochem Gamzu. But Nochem Gamzu looked at the physical suffrage and saw the spiritual source as good in such an acute, such a complete way that he brought that spiritual source down to the physical world. Everybody knows the Sichas. But the Rebbe correlates Nochem Gamzu with Rabbi Akiva. I think I've shared it with you in an earlier class. Nochem Gamzu had difficulties. He said, this is good. Rabbi Akiva had difficulties. And he said, whatever God, God, God does has to be good. The difference is Nachum Gamzu didn't see evil. Whatever God did, like turn diamonds and jewels into earth, is good. Rabbi Kiva said it isn't good, but God has a plan. And of course, Rabbi Kiva uh, suffered for a while, and then he found out later that all the suffrage was for a good. 
Nachamish Gamzu never suffered. His world was perfect because he saw only goodness. So Nachamish Gamzu's optimism, Nachamish Gamzu's incredible betacha and Amuna affected that the fact that the source of the suffrage is good should be manifest down here. And if I'm not wrong, that is still Habtakas Agurus Bechasadim. And not yet Habtakas Agurus Bechasadim. Even though the Maime uses the Lashon Habtakas Agurus Bechasadim. I explained this to you before. Shashim means the Shesh of the Gurus Chesim. But let's go on. Line 32. This is the notion of this personality. But he said, no matter what happened, Gamzu this also was good. He contemplated sincerely. The source of evil is good. And he was able to ascend to its root, to the place of Ayin. And as a consequence, he was actually able to affect the material change and the evil down here became a good down here as well. God wants Chaymetz. Vinegar could also burn as fuel. Hashem can do what He wishes. As says, my wife Chassidah said, they just changed the truth of the Asis of the Briah. By Nacham Mishgam, this was an actual truth. Says the Rebbe, "V'zehuinya natfila shabagufa adam belamaz." That's why we exist in this world, and that's why when we daven in this world, we daven passionately to include our animal soul, because we are doing is hapcha. We're transforming evil into good. The soul within the body suffers all kinds of challenges and suffrage. Because would prefer to attach itself to its creator. The body doesn't allow. It's a golden service to Friedrich during his illness. In 1921, Pialov was very sick. Very, very sick. And he remembers the previous Rebbe and his absolute frustration. He was so trapped. He would scream out, Geyavek Guf! Just go away, body. He saw the body as such an obstruction. I've told you before this also that the Rebbe once told the Rosh Hashiva, Rabbi Pekarski, Agezunta Filtnish Sein Guf. A healthy person doesn't feel his body. I don't feel my body. I must be healthy. But the body is a burden. It's a schlep. It's like being trapped in an exile. Like the Shechina is trapped in an exile. Why is the Shechina attracted in exile? The needs to sustain the evil as well. Similarly, the soul must sustain the body. And the reason the Neshama is in this world is not for itself. It's not even for elevating the Neshama. It's for what our Reimer calls is Hapcha. says the Rebbe, to raise the body from the dust. So the purpose of the engagement of the soul and the body is not only it's like the Rebbe says in Tanya Aleph through mitzvahs and through Torah and through Tfil. You have to bring clarity to the baseness of the body and animal soul as silver which is being refined by in a refinery. That and of course the reality is you can have finer silver and cruder silver. And the more crude, the more inexact, the less pure the silver would be. It requires more clarity and perfecting. And what does that mean practically? With an even greater fire. If it's more messed up, you need greater heat 
to melt the silver down in a more, I guess, in a more, I'm, I'm not in this business, a more liquid way to extract more and more of the waste. So you need heat to separate the good from the evil. And this heat is the passion of davening, which affects the hapcha, that the evil things we encounter in our lives, we should see the good behind them. We have to bring clarity to the body from the animal soul's distractions. To help the neshama expose its sores. The allegory of the prince and designer. The more entanglement of eagle there is in our good, the more difficult our lives are and the less we understand their benefit. You have more work to do to see the good. To see the opportunity rather than the cha- rather than the problems in our lives, and of course the criteria is the more passion, more fire, more hislahavos davening the So davening is passion, and the passion of davening is his hapcha. It forces us to engage with the tzaras in our lives. We can't necessarily make them go away, but we can identify how it's an opportunity and try to reveal the good to ourselves and take advantage of it. Therefore, Valachain, line 41, In the first place, I mean, there was not that much evil, whatever that means, I don't want to get into it. They needed no passion and prayer at all. All they were busy with was to bring evil and judgment to its source, through sacrifice. And of course, sacrifice can only be It can't be Which means, if you wanted to be fancy about it, what tshuva was like in time of the first base of Mikdash is a matter of great controversy. There was more entanglement. The tzadis were more depressing. His They began to develop the prayer. It was still short in those days. Because there was only a limited need for fire. Because the entanglement of evil within their person was contained. However, us today, we have to have more and more with incredible passion. That passion doesn't take the tzadahs away. It takes the perspective of the Tzadahs away. It gives a different perspective. And the other point of view is sees that instead of the Tzadahs being Tzadahs, the Tzadahs become an opportunity. Line 45. davening must be passionate. Not because we're on a higher level, but to the contrary, because we're on a lower level. Incredible amount of evil. Which is interwoven, intermingled, vinisrab and continuous. Behold, David, in every generation, tzarech lafridei to separate that evil. Thy the age chazak, but feel a greater fire of davening. Olavar and Rasha became to bring clarity to the evil which is in each person. Olavi, Yosha should bring it back to a source. And again, he says, Kemoshal amelach amazeinah now sheyachshav that one has to perceive. Hachayu shal araham achayu the life of this evil. That is giving him sustenance. If not for God, evil wouldn't be. 
God Almighty is creating the evil and God is good. Consequently, nothing is evil. When one creates passion and davening, all the suffrage of this world go away. When we contemplate this perspective, it disperses all of evil. This is sort of a little bit more soft, but sort of it gets the Kedish Yer Aleph. The Rebbe says, when Hashem gives the person Tzadus, don't be from Erev Rav and say, Tzadus, that everything Hashem does is a good, is a revealed good. I just want to tell you something. I saw in a Sefer that the Baal Shem Tev said to the Pinchas Karetzer, Pinye, du gleipst, set amal kumen atzayt, Opinion, you believe there'll be a time that for people like me and you it'll be hard to believe in God. In other words, the tests will be so severe and the 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 Pisgam. Yes, we have so many needs because we're such small minds. And as a consequence, we live in a world that notwithstanding the opportunities that we have, we, we faith is a test. There's a Ruzhina quote, the Ruzhina said that before Mashiach, the world is going to be like a tightrope that's going to be swinging back and forth. And that, that tightrope is going to be, represent the Muna. And it's going to be swinging back and forth, flailing from side to side, and you're going to have to hang out of their life to have a Muna. And the Rebbe says, the preserver, the fortifier of good, of the Muna in this world is the passions of davening. And the more tzadus you have, the more passionate davening you have to be. And uh, we don't have the same kind of tzadahs as our ancestors had, but we still have the daitam ktsara. And therefore we have to dabble a lot of chayas, a lot of eslavas. And as I mentioned to you on previous occasions, that if someone comes along to you and says, what are you getting so excited? Moichin, that's pashtam molik. Davening is supposed to be passionate. Line 50. Okein yinachem mishgamzu. Just as it's true of nachem mishgamzu, that he saw the good and the evil and made the good actual... All tzaddikim were in the same space. However, the love of Nacham Mishgamzu was so lofty that he changed how it manifested in this world. That even down here we should perceive it. It's actually physically good. He doesn't say Gamhu. Gamzu, this because you can understand it. Skip the parenthesis, line 54. Even if they had the same approach to challenges, the good remained on high. Down here, instead of it being a problem, it was an opportunity. And by transforming the challenge, the problem into an opportunity, we find the goodness in it and we proceed forward. So that's what this mime is about. We come into this world not just to get out of here, not just to survive, not just to see the cup is half full, not just to see the but to transform the world. Is To find good within evil, our own. Now, you may have forgotten, but this mime is about a copper snake. That when the Jews were punished because of their Lashon Hora, that they were bit by snakes which would kill them. And they looked at this copper snake and be spared. So the Rebbe asked, why you need a snake? Just tell him to look upward. And isn't it true that when you're diving, you're supposed to look down? He says, the Rebbe, they would look upward, they'd be looking to God. 
looking upward to the copper snake is saying what? We're looking at the snake. We're looking at the evil and seeing that on high the snake is good. The snakes that were biting them were not just an evil that needed to be overcome. The snakes that were biting them were an opportunity to bring them closer to Hashem. And they had to look at a snake. The copper snake had to be placed on a staff. In other words, which was necessary. To raise the snake up on high. And they're looking heavenwards means that they didn't see the snakes that bit them. They saw the source of that snake which is chesed. That the snake is, God forbid, totally separate and independent from God Almighty. In case, in which case, absolutely evil and is going to remain evil forever. Look at the very same snake, but not on the ground, but instead, as that snake is in its source, you see, it's not separate from the Nebuchadnezzar. V'chayeseh vitality is from there, and the challenge of the snake was not a problem, was not a suffrage, but was an opportunity. And to Alderach, Moshe I think this is the sixth time that Rebbe mentions this. Im Cain thus, Ein ra yezumal, evil does not descend from above. V'lachein hoya noichash, shemishtan lakama gavrim aide ayin, this noichash apparently had the property to be able to change from various colors because of its source of ayin, v'amayim in yavim. The Maimir finishes here. And of course the message of the Maimir is that making the copper snake was showing the good of the evil. Now, the Gemara says that Chizkiyo HaMelech had this snake and he destroyed it. He melted it down. He ground it up. And the reason is because people began to worship it as an idol. And of course, this is a critical thing to uh, bear in mind, which is Hashem says make a copper snake or make a snake and Moshe chose to make it of copper. And of course his point is that you should see that the snake which seems to be abiding you is actually good in its source. But when you make the snake itself into a Matthias, that becomes an Avedazar and it's to be destroyed. And it reminds me of an episode in Teresh Sholem. That the Rebbe Rashab was once talking about the Slavshus Kerechapel Benifel, how the truth of everything is God. And he actually it's printed. I think it's Samachal. He said, bring that teller, bring me a plate, I'll show you. And they ran to bring him a plate and then he changed his mind and he said, quote, I don't mind showing you the Dvaravaya or Dvaragashmi, but I think you're going to start being impressed by the plate instead of the Dvaravaya. So the Nachash, which is raised on a staff, is supposed to make you see the good behind the suffrage of the physical Nachash, provided that you don't make the Nachash into Matthias unto itself.